Welcome back to Keep Off the Fence Podcast, episode five. That's right. We are now here for five episodes. That's four more than we thought we'd ever do after the first one. Joining me today for this special episode is the man who has turned up wearing the team colours. It's Matthew Rhodes. Matt, how are you, mate? Yeah, yeah. Not uh, not too bad. Um, It's always weird. Saturdays where um, there's like there's not really that many football games on, um, so yeah, I, I don't I don't particularly like those Saturdays, but uh, but we're all right, we're getting through. Uh, Chesterfield are doing really well. Just thought I'd uh, bring that up uh, straight away. He's 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 rather rather happy about it, as you can tell, listeners. I am. Uh, you you're How are right, you anyway? Uh, I'm not too bad. I've got to go and do the home shop after after we've finished recording this. So, yes, please, football, come back. I don't want to be doing this sort of thing on a Saturday. But it's it's just cycling through at the minute. And luckily, to show you how much of a, an expert podcaster we're becoming in these five episodes, I'm not going to segue nicely into it. Luckily, the lads returned to training this week on Tuesday. I believe there was a pretty much a full ensemble. Um, one notable name missing was Adam Yates. Adam was missing because his um, wife is due to give birth anytime soon. So for obvious reasons, he don't want to be far away from home, which the, the club will always support. Uh, I also believe there were one or two new faces there, but Paul... Phillips was very, very wanted to keep those names close to his chest. We had originally planned to run some sort of photos from the training, but Paul was adamant that he didn't want these names getting out there. So it, I think overall the feeling that I got from it was that it was nice to be back. And it, I'm sure Matt will agree with me. It's nice to see the lads getting together and getting some time to get that excess energy out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I mean, obviously, I weren't there at the training session. I still don't think that would be allowed. But, um, oh, is it now? I don't know. I'm not sure. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean, uh, with the circumstances it's in, I mean, just any sort of time on the pitch and, you know, back seeing your teammates and your squad members, training staff yeah they'll just be I, I don't imagine it was uh, you know the um everyone was a little bit rusty in the training session but uh, I don't really think anyone's bothered about that they're just happy to be back on the pitch and uh doing what they do best so um yeah I think from what Philo said before I mean at this time of the year I mean I think friendlies are allowed now so they could have it if they want to but I don't I don't think they are they are just going to wait until pre-season so I think this is just sort of getting back to basics for this time then I think he said like around June it'll give them time off because to have like a proper break um, and not having to think about anything to do with the football season but then yeah sort of around very late June early July that's when well, hopefully, obviously, if everything's still fine regarding the virus, then, uh, yeah, that's when things will start getting back into business again. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, 
it's very gradual, but yeah, we are slowly getting there finally. I know um, Radcliffe played a friendly today against Chorley, I believe. So right. teams, I think teams do have the option. Obviously, you won't be allowed fancy yet, which for everybody is a massive dent, not just in the, the games themselves, but also in the pockets of clubs. I know it's something that I think every club of the league's looking forward to is, is getting fans back in. But looking ahead now, we've also had a start date for the league, which is the 14th of August. So that's one to mark on your calendars. I believe it's slightly earlier than previous years or around the same time. I can't remember exactly. I think it might be like a little, about a week earlier than usual, I think, just f- judging from the last two seasons, I think, yeah. Which is a good thing. I'd, I'd rather they started it a bit earlier, to be honest. I won't mind well, that- if they started it in late July just because of, of, of what's happened and obviously because even in a normal season, January and February are so difficult to get games in because the weather's usually so bad and a lot of pitches in the league can't handle it. Obviously, so uh, I mean, I won't mind it starting earlier, but uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't think anyone's too surprised with um, the the date for when things are going to kick off. I think as well for for a lot of people, we we've seen with the government then putting out their own map of how things are going to work, hopefully, and dates for things being unlocked. So I think it's it's nice as a fan to sort of be able to put that date on the calendar and have something to look forward to. I feel that having those sort of things at the minute, especially, I mean, we, we speak about mental health a lot um, as a club and we spoke about it on this podcast. I feel for a lot of people now having that benchmark to look forward and go, right, whatever happens that we've got this date is something that will, for a lot of people is going to be a huge positive. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um sure we all know um few, well, like yourself, James, and uh, people like Liam Hughes, Philo's mentioned it before as well. Um taking care of your mental health is very, very important. Something I'll always reinforce as well, my own experiences. So yeah, and uh, sometimes you can see a little bit of uh, snobbiness on like social media to say like um, I've seen comments before where it's like not not to do with Matlock, but like in general, just saying how someone might say, you know, I, you know, I'm really struggling because football's so big to me, and I, I just, you know, I haven't been to a game for eight months or whatever. And you might see some snobby comments saying like, well, you know, kind of, it's sad that that's what's getting you down, but you know football whether you're into sports or not you can't deny football has uh, and sport in general plays a huge role it's not just a game it, it plays a huge role in society and even if you're looking at it from a business point of view for it brings in a lot of money it's uh, you know it is important to people very important and for a lot of people it is you know as, as well as your everyday life and in your family life for a lot of people that is your big social uh, release you know if that's the best way of putting it and you know it is it is not just going to a game for a lot of people it's meeting mates before after the game having a drink 
and stuff like that it's um it is important to people and uh you know i've missed it big time like even this morning i felt a bit not, not depressed but like you know a bit bit down it's kind of like another another groundhog day another saturday where not doing what i would be hoping to do and you just just got to try and get on with it and but yeah it's um it is really really important for people i've written about it loads of times before just sort of echoing the same thing but um you know it it, it people really do miss it because it's it's an important social release for them and uh and yeah it'll just be you know when, when things are back and hopefully the well all being well there shouldn't be a limit on crowds i don't think when uh, the league season starts um you know you'll see how joyous it all is and um especially if it's you know a nice day weather wise it'll be a really really great atmosphere not just at matlock stadium at any stadium around that level in the country it'll be uh a real moment of uh, relief, really, and celebration. There's no doubt about it. I mean, to to go back to what you touched on briefly, um, when I lost my dad, who um, passed away in his 60s through illness, my dad was a huge Matlock Town fan. That's what got me into it. And I, I can't remember exactly what season it was, but it was the first time, it must have been years, I missed a home game because... I, my mental state at that point was that I just wasn't ready because I got so used to going to games with my dad that my dad not been there on a game day didn't feel like a proper game. And I remember being in the park across the road because he, my dad was from Matlock, Matlock, born and bred, loved the place to bits. And just hearing the crowd and thinking, yeah, I, I do miss it. It's such a big part of my life and I remember that the club in particular you have that community element everybody rallies around each other and I know it's it's a bit like having an extended family everybody looks after each other and everybody looks out for people and I think it's it's something that through no point of anybody's own it's just the, the way of the world with the pandemic and everything that's gone on a lot of people have had to have a lot of time on their own or you know in in close support bubbles where they feel they've not had people that they can talk to or they've not had that sort of thing to look forward to or that sort of outlet for just general just general being I feel like match days in particular the beautiful thing about football is that you can turn up and for, for 90 minutes whatever's going wrong in the whole world, just just vanishes. Just for those 90 minutes, it's like, you're still aware it's there, but overall, you just get lost in that 90 minutes of football and then you get lost in the discussion after, you know, whether it would be a, a dodgy offside or a dodgy penalty, there's always something to talk about. And I feel having that sense of community back is, is going to be a huge thing for so many people. So it's fantastic now to sort of be able to sit here and go, right, we, we've got some dates and I think to look forward to, and I think for a lot of people, that's going to be a huge plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I always, <clears throat> especially since um, getting involved in sports journalism as well, uh, since doing stuff for Matlock, always um, 
Oh, well, especially for last season. And obviously we were kind of hoping the season would go a lot more smoothly than what it actually did. But I remember being really excited when I knew it was going to be the day for the fixtures being announced because, you know, say Lancaster's first, Lancaster, uh, Matlock's first game is against Lancaster away. Already can say, right, great, um, you know, Lancaster, nice city, good away day plan. Um, you know, you can already set things in motion and uh, start planning your day and stuff like that. So, uh, so yeah, I'll, I'll, I mean, I don't know when transfer, uh, transfer, what am I on about? Uh, fixture, um, when when they'll be announced, uh, I still think it'll be a while yet, but um, yeah, that'll be a good day when that gets done. So you can sort of plan that opening day or plan the first away trip, um, plan Boxing Day. <laughs> already well in advance it's just uh yeah it'll just be really nice to get um you know excited about things again and obviously hopefully things will be a, a, at least a lot more straightforward than what they were this time last year in terms of uh the virus and hopefully there certainly won't be as many restrictions as as what there has been before i mean we i think i could speak for both of us when i say we've made a lot of people we now consider friends, some that are as close as family pretty much in, in ways through through football mm. and you build up so many relationships. So just be able to, and I know a lot of people will go, oh, well, you know, people going about pubs, you know, for all that. but to just be able to sit with a group of mates, have a chat and just that bit of, that feeling of normal is going to be huge. And yeah. I think moving forward now, those dates in particular, let's keep positive, keep looking forward. Whatever comes our way, as a club, as a community, we'll take on. And, I'm, I'm, you know, I believe we're going in the right direction. Yeah, 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 definitely. And uh, also just, uh, you know, stuff like pre-season friendlies, whenever they get announced, you know, that'll be really exciting to look forward to as well, because from what I gather, from what Bryn said before um, in our earlier podcast, it does look as if they've at least sort of maybe put in the Derbyshire Senior Cup, like sort of like a competitive pre-season tournament, shifting it then, which I think would be a good idea. Uh, or if it's not quite the Derbyshire Senior Cup, it'll be like a one-off Derbyshire Summer Cup. But again, that'll be really good, getting local teams involved. Like, say, if you've got Matlock playing Alfreton, Buxton, um, Nicolova, maybe even the Chesterfield team of some sort or a Derby team, it'll be good. And, uh, you know, after the absence that we've had, I'm sure it will bring in good numbers of people as well. And obviously, if the weather is really nice. So, uh, yeah, just really looking forward to whenever stuff like that gets announced because it'll generate a lot of interest and good income for the club as well. I mean, I, I just hope I remember how to work a camcorder because <laughs> it's been such a long time. Yeah, like you know, yeah. it's been a long time where you have it. So the batteries, after a while, if you let them sit, you don't charge them. They they tend to go off and yeah. well, not off, but they tend to go bad. So usually you'll have a gap where it's like you only have to do that once and that's the summer gap. The fact you're about to do that two or three times already is it's is daft, but it's yeah, having I, I miss doing match 
previews and match reports, not done any for so long now. Like in the past, however many months, I've only done about 12 where I'm used to be doing like two a week pretty much solidly. So, uh, yeah, I do really, really. I was watching um, the Chesterfield stream yesterday. And obviously, while the, you know, the live streaming has been a bit of a lifesaver um, in terms of uh, still being able to follow your team, it's, you know, when you've been doing it quite a while, it's, it's not the same. You just want to actually be at the game. And, uh, yeah, so I was feeling a bit yesterday. So I just really miss actually being at the football and reporting on it so yeah I just just can't wait for it to be back like whether it's a pre-season friendly against whoever or or what uh just just want to be back reporting on something well hopefully this time around we'll get you through a full season that'd be a that, that'd be nice yeah as I said before that's that's now my uh my number one aim at the moment is just to try and do a full season I cannot believe We've gone through two seasons and, um, yeah, got about three quarters of the way through the first one and about a quarter of the way through the second season before that got stopped. So, yeah, I mean, I'd like to do a full season. That would be that would be nice. Yeah, I bet. Think about it. I bet your most visited away ground while with Matlock's probably Grantham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've, yeah, for, for Matlock games, yeah, the most... Yeah. Uh, um, how many times? Three. Well, we did two this season. Yeah, two gone. this season, and then uh, obviously El Fogico. Um, yeah, that, that was a weird game. Um, but yeah, the the season ended before that. We we, we could get that rearranged. Um, so yeah, th- three times, and yeah, even one of those wasn't official. Uh, officially a match in the end because it got uh, abandoned but uh, uh, yeah Grantham uh, I know quite well now um, I did enjoy by the way their April Fool's Day uh, prank of the, of the of the Margaret Thatcher statue that really made oh, me laugh days. I like that <laughs> well we were going to run one I'd sort of half typed it out I was going to do um, you know Matlock looking back to their 70s heyday uh, they're going to require all players and management to grow mullets and moustaches. <laughs> uh, you know, that 70s look. Going to get Keith Travis, the kit man, to don some flares on match days. But I, I wasn't really sure how that would go down, so I sort of swear. It's it. always such a fine line because it can easily backfire. It can sure. easily backfire. So, yeah, I, I understand why yeah, you uh, might have been... Um, uh, a bit nervous about putting something out because it only takes a couple of people to go, well, you should be doing that, and it kind of backfires a bit. So, uh, but yeah, I liked Grantham's. I quite like Mikulovas as well. They had a, a picture of their new stadium in the works, which I think looked something like Tottenham Hotspur's new stadium. So, yeah, quite like that as well. But as you mentioned, Matt, it is now April. April Fools has passed, and that means it's awards season. And we've had the BAFTAs, the Oscars, the Brits are coming up. Right here, for the first time ever, it's the least prestigious awards ceremony in football, the Golden Fence Posts. Now, how this works is me and Matthew are going to put together some choices 
some put forward some names for each category, each award. We will have a Hall of Fame segment as well with three names that have been agreed upon. If this podcast continues into another year, which is the plan, then of course we will add to a Hall of Fame every year. The only the only rule for the Hall of Fame is if it's a player, they must still not they must no longer play for Matlock. So either they've moved on or they've retired. So Adam Yates, of course, as an example, would be a first ballot Hall of Famer. But because he's still at the club, he's still got a chance to add on to his legacy. It's like the Triple H of Matlock. You know he's obviously going to be in the Hall of Fame, but whilst Triple H is so active, you can't put him in yet. Exactly. <laughs> so I want to start things off in a moment. Uh, I just want to know, Matt, first of all, what do you think about the Golden Fence Posts, the name of the award? The, the name of the award? Yes. Do, do you think it sounds prestigious? Uh, <laughs> the Golden Fence. I think it's, it's, it's a fitting name for it. I, I'm, I'm happy with it. It's, uh, it's prestigious without being pretentious. Exactly. Listen, so I'll, listen up. I'll settle for that. Now, we're going we're gonna to kick things off with our... And I should add as well, this is going to cover both seasons that were null and voided. So there's going to be things put forward. We like you as well. You, If you listen to this and me and Matt give a choice that you either disagree with or you want to put forward your own choice, please do. That is, we want to be as interactive with listeners as possible. We hope in the future to maybe have a, a, a few Matlock fans on, which would be grand. And in the future, we'd hopefully like to do, it will do in-person podcast recording. So we'll, we'll be able to have people down and we'll be able to sit and talk, which is always easier than over Zoom because, you, you know, the audio quality and such. But I'm going to stop rabbiting on about that because we have our first award. And that first award, the first golden fence post, is for the goal of the season's S in brackets there. Matt, the COVID era seasons, shall we call it? I mean, that's a lot to put on one award, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, of which hopefully there will only be two seasons that belong to that. God forbid there's uh, any more than that. So, Matt, goal of the seasons, the Golden Fence Post, what is your nomination for this award? Uh, well, the best goal I've seen yeah, since covering Matlock was the second goal I ever saw Matlock score. So in very early, it was the first away trip that I ever went to. Uh, it's Peter Cruz, Cameroon's finest, uh, with about a 30-yard free kick against Baseford United. We must yep. have played about 12 times in the last 18 months. Uh, yeah, that, that's the best goal I've ever seen Matlock score. So, yeah, I'll definitely go for Peter Cruz because, uh, well, I'm sure there'll, there'll be a YouTube clip of it. Uh, 
Yeah, absolutely amazing. 30-yard free kick, really. I knew he was a, a, a decent set-piece taker, but I didn't think he'd actually be going for goal from that far out. And it is from an angle as well. It was kind of like on the left wing. And yeah, just absolutely. It was one of the best free kicks I've ever seen. Um, absolutely amazing. So uh, yeah, that's that. That's uh, my choice for Matt Locke's uh, best goal of the uh, the two null and voided seasons. No doubt about it. Fantastic finish, game winning goal as well. Good space was never easy. Um, I think the season before that on the day four, we got beat six 0 there. So we, we knew we were up against it, and. Uh, I remember hearing about that Cruz free kick going in. And as you say, I do think we put on Twitter before it is available on YouTube to be seen. If you haven't seen it, it is just genuinely one of the finest dead ball situations and finishes that I've seen in the league in a good while. Mm. Uh, so fantastic choice. Uh, I think that's a, a really, really strong choice to kick us off. I would like to put two goals forward. Yeah. I'm controversial. I'm kicking off. First of all, and I'm already going against your rules. own rules here, straight away. Yeah, I'd say, look, but there's two goals that I think deserve a mention. And I'm not sure which one we'll put forward. One of them was against Baseford United, oddly enough. Uh, and it was in the Integro, Integro League Cup. Oh, yeah. Which was, I believe it was Jordan Sinnott's second goal where he got the ball outside the area, hit it, and it just swerved beautifully in the goal. It was just a bit of... Mm. And I remember I remember the celebration of the lads going over to Shiny's boot. It was just like... When you see a player, you're like, yeah, he's got that in his locker. So that, that for me... I know there's a lot of emotion attached to that pick, but it was just... It was one of those moments where, even if you take all the emotion out of it, it was a bit of footballing genius. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, was there for that as well. So, <laughs> the same pitch, <laughs> so I was in the exact same spot when I watched it. Yeah, yeah, it was just one of those goals where it's kind of like it was weird game because it was just I was expecting really tough game because obviously Baseford's um, doing very well that season as well. And had a good home record. And Matlock, I don't know, Baseford were just kind of like, not that arsed about the Integro League Cup. Um, but yeah, they were just, Matlock absolutely dominated them from start to finish. And Sinnott was amazing in that game. Um, yeah, so, so good. And yeah, that second goal, it was just one of those where it was kind of like everyone was just like, even the Baseford supporters were just like, yeah, that's... <laughs> There's the not really of, much you can do about that. It's just a very good goal. The beauty of it, watching it back as well, is just the, the nonchalant shrug after he scored it. Like, yeah, I sort of expect that from myself. <laughs> a, a true bit of football ingenious. Um, my second nomination is it's it's more of it's not just about the actual finish, but it's more of the team goal. And that was a goal that took place in our most recent home game against Ashton United. Oh, yeah. Which was uh, a fantastic ball over from Alex Byrne into Liam Hughes, takes it down on his chest, volleys it, past a stranded Ashton goalkeeper. Just the move overall, that for me, 
was one of those times I just sat back and went, Matlock are playing really, really good to watch football. And it was it was breathtaking because, and I've only just given a short narrative of what happened with that goal. But do, go and all all three of these, by the way, are available on YouTube. So go watch them if you haven't. But it it, it was just that it felt like we'd sort of hit a turning point with that goal. Yeah, yeah, I remember being there for that and just uh, some good side as well. I was expecting it to be a tough match and uh, it was very competitive in the first half, but then we just really killed them off, uh, especially with goal like that as well. And uh, yeah, it was uh, a clear reflection that this team was different to the one the previous season. So, uh, are you three choices, Matt? Are you sticking... With the Peter Cruz choice, or have either two of my choices swayed you in any way? Um, don't know. It's on. Well, I don't, I don't know. Do we let the the fans to do? It? Are we letting the fans decide? Like oh. through social media comments. Oh, oh, I like that. I think mean, on on paper, I still think the Cruz goal is the best one. Terms of significance, Jordan Sinnott's goal. Mm. So I don't know. I, I think leave it to fans and podcast listeners to decide. Editor Matt slash editor James. In listening to this, we note down the choices put forward. We might have a sneaky jaunt over onto the Matt Lockdown Twitter, put up a poll and make it available for you to vote there. And then on the next podcast, we could go through the results. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sounds good to me. That's on the basis editor Matt slash editor James remember. Because <laughs> yeah, we know yeah, yeah. that happened, but we'll do our best. <laughs> so, three very, very strong choices there for the Golden Fence Post for the goal of the season in bracket S seasons. Now, I want to go for one humongous award onto another humongous award. The, the hits keep coming. And that one, we're, we're going we're gonna to change it up. People will be thinking, oh, you've done goal, are you going to do save? Now, save's coming later. I want to talk to you, Matt, and I want to know, what is your most underrated Matlock player of the seasons? Uh, Mark Lees has to be the, the Didier Deschamps or the, the Claude oh. McAuley of Matlock Town. Or the Angolo Kante, the that water carrier defensive midfield role of holding the Did, ball up doesn't do anything flashy, but that's that's not not critical in any way. He just gets the job done. Is um, you know he's he's not it's not going to take any glory like Ross Hanner or Liam Hughes, but he, he is a very Paul Phillips, Dave Wilde type of player. Where you're just going to get if he was on Football Manager 0102, his work rate would be 20 out of 20 because it's just he does all the basic stuff really, really well and does all the uh, tracking back. So, yeah, doesn't do any of the flashy stuff. So, he might not stand out in many games, but as Phil, as Phil or Wildy will tell you, he's, he's a very, very important part of the team. So, I go Mark Lees. 
I believe they they call it in, in you know France and the far reaches of the Parisian wine fields. They call it the Mart Lees roll as opposed to the Claude Makalele roll. Really? It's it truly is a strong choice. And it, I'm an honest man, and I've got to admit, Mark Lees was top of my list when it came to this award as well. And Matt's just snuck in there and taken me choice like a, a thief in the night. He's just stole it away from me. So that means I now will have to give my second choice. And that man is a man who came to us from a very good Staley Bridge Celtic side at the time. He, I believe he was one of the top assisters in the league. And he's a man who is masterful in many positions. He's capable at right wing. He's capable at right back. He's capable in the midfield. And that man is Declan Walker. Deck for sure. He has come in and we know he's, he's popped up with one or two goals. He's proficient from the penalty spot. I believe he scored against Ashton from the penalty spot. I believe he scored against Grantham from the penalty spot. He is somebody who, again, much like Mark Lees, isn't afraid to get his boots dirty. He's not afraid to put himself about. And you can see why he got as many assists as he did for Staley Bridge Celtic. And I feel having a player who is... Because often in the league, you'll have a player who comes in and you think, oh, they're, they're comfortable in one role and they can play a few others. When I've watched Deck play, he's always looked comfortable, whatever is asked of him. And he is such a team player that he, you, you never hear him complaining. In fact, I think in all the time Deck's been at Matlock, I, I don't think I could tell you off the top of my head, what his voice sounds like, because he's just somebody who just gets on with the job. And I, I think that he could be this coming season. And we don't know who's staying and who is at the minute. Phil said previously, the majority of last season's squad has stayed. Obviously, he doesn't want to give names because he can't register play yet. But should Dex stay, and I hope he does as a fan, I think he could be an integral part of what, Paul Phillips is building in that changing rooms. Yeah, and uh, well, for the for the fans to decide, so we'll see you uh, who they think is uh, is the most underrated. But yeah, good selection. Well, Nate, so most underrated is Martley's versus Deck Walker. Difficult choice for you, ladies and gents. I'm going to move on to another most award now from most underrated to most improved. And I'm going to kick this one off because I have a feeling my telepathic link to Matt tells me that I have a feeling he's thinking the same gentleman that I am. For me, the most improved would be a certain man who is comfortable at left-back. He can play centre-back. And that man is Reese Kendall. A man who I have seen Philo take him to task during preseason games. I know uh, Reese came in with a lot of a lot of pressure on his shoulders. He, he is a young lad, and you come in, and I know the the club played an undisclosed fee for him, and 
it to come in with that pressure, and then you had Lewis Turner in front of him, mm. who left back, and you really felt when Lewis left to Scarborough that it was sink or swim for Reese. And not only did Reese swim, he's come into his own. He's popped up the goals as well. And uh, he he's somebody again work rate outstanding. And he, he's still such a young man. He's somebody that's just going to keep improving and improving and improving. And if he keeps up like he does, it wouldn't surprise me if a, a team of an ilk of a Chesterfield, of an ilk of a Notts County, have a look at him and think, right, I, I think there's something there. But to, to have him on our roster, it is such a huge plus. And I feel he's very much deserving of that most improved award. Well, uh, my number one choice was different, actually. Um, I've gone for Spencer Harris for Ooh. most improved because um, obviously it was a very difficult season, the 2019 to 20 campaign. And he was one of the few that actually stayed. Um, so, you know, it was a very difficult campaign. Not many players came out of it particularly well, but uh, Spence Harris was one of the few that stayed uh, for the 20 to 21 campaign. And yeah, I just think um, he has got better as uh, the months has gone by. And obviously, uh, Philo, when he came in, saw that he was one of the few that deserved uh, to still be in the uh, Matlock team and to, uh, and to show further what he got. And he just seemed to be a more and more settled uh, as, a, as a first team member uh, with Matlock. Scored a good header against Colville in that 3-3 uh, draw in the FA Trophy, uh, which was one of the best games I've seen uh, with uh, with Matlock. And yeah, I, I just think he's he's someone, again, a little bit like Mark Lees, goes a little bit under the radar. Uh, not like uh, one of the flashier players in terms of um, what could be done on the pitch, but he does his job really, really well. So um, yeah, I'll, I'll go for Spencer Harris. Absolutely lovely bloke is Spencer as well. Uh, his family as a whole, uh, his missus, his kids, they're, they're such a, they've become such a, a big part of the club. And so it's always fantastic to see them on match days. And to, as you say, I think Spencer's a, a great choice there. He's somebody who's gone from strength to strength. And I, I think we're, we're only just beginning to see what Spencer can do. I know, like you say, those sort of, I think for any midfielder, and I always call it what is basically the engine room. And I, I can't remember who said it, but for me, Spencer, along with Mark Lees, you have to really understand how football works to really get how important those sort of players are to a team. Because you're right, they're not going to, you know, I, I mean, I'm sure they could do, uh, pop up and get a hat-trick. Nothing's impossible. But the more likely to chuck in, you know, close down a man in the closing minutes of the game or chuck in a last-ditch challenge. So I, I feel that that's to, it says a lot that, again, two very good choices there. And I'm, I'm glad you said put it to the fans because that is another award choice that I'm glad I don't have to pick to it. Yeah, well, uh, we'll see what the fans decide. But yeah, could be uh, could be very close, that one. 
Now, it's it's another one of those awards, which is odd, given we're doing the awards thing, but there you go. Who saw that coming? The next one is for signing of the season. Z. <laughs> um, who is the big, not necessarily the biggest, who has had the most effect since joining Matlock? Now, it's your go to go first, Matt, so I'll let you put your case forward. Uh, I'll go for Ryan Qualter. Um, just because the defence was so vulnerable last season, where like, there'd be quite a few games where Matlock started the game well and then just daft or very simple goal that they conceded and then uh, the heads would go down. It was uh, their worst aspect, really, of uh, the season before. But in the season that we've just had, obviously defensively a lot more organised and a lot more solid. And Qualter, although Edgerton as well, been very, very good. Um, but yeah, Qualter has been the main focal point for that. He's just solid as a rock. Is the wall, isn't he? Is the wall of Matlock. So, um, yeah, I just think it embodies what, what where Matlock have improved the most uh, since Philo and Wildy have come in. And it's been great. And, yeah, just good attitude, gets it. And I think he enjoys, from what I've seen, what, what I've read, he really enjoys it at the club as well. Uh, speaks well. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll go for Qualter as uh, the signing of the COVID era. I, I think that's genuinely a great choice. Um, Ryan's one of those players that, after seeing him a few times, I remember saying to my friend Ian, I don't understand how Ryan Qualter isn't playing at a level higher regular. Mm. He is somebody who he, he embodies what uh, a defender should be, especially at this level. You know, he, no nonsense, direct. He's vocal. He puts his body on the line. He wins every header he goes in for. And he's he's just somebody, I think, like you say, with Dwayne Wiley moving on, and it was always going to be so important to find somebody who's going to be able to replace Dwayne Wiley in that role next to Adam Yates. And Ryan's not only come in and done a job, he's come in and smashed it, as far as I'm concerned. I think he's oh, another one that I'm so excited to see him and a few, you know, be a building block of this Matlock Town squad going forward. Because if he's even half the player he was during those six games we've seen, he's going to be a fantastic centre back again this season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, just quality. Really, really like him, and he's also good. Um, uh, attacking set pieces as well because uh, he scored scored a couple of goals uh, with headers uh, with corners as well. So it's good to have in the box when you've got um, when you've got a corner or um, you know a, a free kick on the wing, especially if uh, you're chasing the game and looking for an equaliser. Um, yeah, so he's really good in front of goal when it comes to attacking set pieces too. So I, I mean, you, you'll have to. Let me know if I'm correct about this. But I'm pretty sure you've been taking a peek at my notes because a lot of time no. these names I won't put forward and you, you get in first. I mean, that, that is a fantastic choice. And one that I think is going to be very popular with our listeners. 
So for me, that sort of opens up the field a bit. And as you say, Ryan Coulter, a fantastic addition at the back. This man that I'm going to put forward is an absolute beast. He is somebody who, when Marcus Marshall left the club, top goal scorer at the time, to go to Baseford, there were a lot of question marks about how that role would be filled. It needed a man who was able to come in and change the dynamic of that front line. A man who was capable of taking on defenders and wasn't afraid to get roughed up in challenges. And that's why my pick for signing of the COVID seasons is Liam Hughes. He is somebody who I remember, and it's it's going to be something that sticks with me for a long time. I remember the first training session at the ground. All the lads sat together, socially distanced in the stand, of course. And Liam gave this powerful and moving speech about mental health and how he was there, always there, always an open ear should any of the players want to come talk to him. And you could just tell that there was already a level of respect in the camp for him in how he how he stood and how he his values. So off the pitch, fantastic bloke. He's made his mistakes in life, as we all have. He's learned from them, he's bounced back and he's come back better, he's come back stronger. And he's he's somebody that I think we can all look at as somebody we can all look up to as a player well, quite literally for me but yeah well well very much so i mean i, I look like i look like chuffing yoda next to him but you, you look at it and then you look at his on pitch and a lot of people i, I know a few matlock fans sorry in pre-season friendlies and i, I know Philo said to me he says james i promise you hughes is capable of 20 goals a season i went Okay, okay. You, you know your apples and oranges. Uh, and you saw those first two games as Liam was getting up to speed. And, you know, you know, in the past, he, he's, play, he's played in defence, he's played in midfield. And you're like, that, that's, a, that's a strong statement. And, uh, you know, you wonder, is it a burden that he's going to have to lead that line? Liam's just gone from strength to strength. He is somebody who is so different to anything else, I think, that is in the Northern Premier League currently, where when you've got somebody who has the ability to provide assists like an Alex Byrne does, you just want somebody who is going to be a colossus in the box, somebody who is going to be absolutely make defenders frightened any time he, he goes up for a header, any time he takes the ball down his chest. But not only is he a man you look at and you think he's only capable of heading a ball, he is somebody who has a fantastic first touch, especially for a bloke who, of his size and his stature, which, you know, you often hear, oh, he's got a great touch for a big man. It couldn't be truer when it comes to William Hughes. And not only that, he's picked up a few goals for himself 
and they none of them are tappings. Every single one he had to work hard for. And I, I think now I know Liam in particular when we when Ross returned, it was Liam was somebody who pushed hugely to get Ross back to the club. They were obviously they they played together at Barrow. They have a friendship and. I'm so excited to see how that tandem works because I think it's something that has hindered Matlock in the past is not having uh, another threat in front of goal, having to rely on just the one man. And Liam is somebody who, he's a goal scorer, but he's also capable of assisting. He's also capable of creating space for the other strikers. He's unselfish, and that's why, for me, I think he is the signing of the COVID seasons. Very strong case. Very strong case. A lot for uh, the fans to consider there. Oh, well, they're, they're going to be tearing each other apart in these comments. Let me tell you, it's going to be hectic. We're going to have opinions flying all over the shant. Now, again... These will hopefully be available to vote for on Twitter. We look forward to hearing your opinions on it. We must move on to our next award, and that is away day of the COVID seasons. Now, we in the Northern Premier League, we get to visit some beautiful places, such as Scarborough, you know, fantastic seaside resort, Whitby, you know, the smell of sea air, smell of fish and chips. Where's this uh, going? <laughs> I I will not say anything bad about any <laughs> other club. I think every club has its charm. You know, um, you've got Mikelova, who, like us, they've got the cricket club adjacent to them. You've got you know, Lancaster, the giant axe, a fantastic name for a ground. Witten Albion come into their own with the ground. Baseford, their ground keeps improving year on year. You've got Grantham, which is called Grantham. But <laughs> it's got an athletics track. I'm not the athletics sort of person, sadly. So I'll have me, to well, me, me and Wildy are. Oh, I know. The Great Race 2022. Possibly, it depends where we get them in the season. But my choice for a way down the season, and arguably my favourite choice, was a place I never expected to go as a Battle of the Town fan. And that place is Eastley FC. I have friends who live that way. And when the trophy draw came out and we got Eastley, to, to travel that far and get the coach down and be, you know, all the crack that came on the coach. I know you travelled on the coach that day as well, Matt. I believe yep. we had a quiz that day. And yeah, yeah, we did, yeah. It, it was just everything. If you said, right, non-league football in a day, show me why non-league football is great. Minus the result, of course. Because Matlock did deserve a replay that day. Mm. Yeah, they did. But it was a fantastic day out. We were treated 
fantastically by the Eastleigh officials that day as well. So full credits there. If you've not got the chance to go, you probably should if you're local to that area. It always support your local non-league teams. That's so important, even more so now. But it, it was just a day that was just before all this with COVID really kicked off. So it's something that stuck in my memory very much so. And it's something that I hope Matlock get more cup success, whether it be FA Cup or FA Trophy in the future. And we can play those teams again. And, you know, visit more sides for the first time. That's my case for Eastleigh. Matt, what's yours? Um, well, obviously, there's quite a few that I've still not been to uh, yet, So, uh, which is a shame. I've still, I've still never been to Buxton's ground. Uh, I've never actually been in Michelover's ground. Uh, so, yeah, there's quite a few which I want to go to, but I've still not had the opportunity to yet. But... Um, uh, my favourite away day is Scarborough, uh, the Flamingo Land Stadium. Um, I have a real soft spot for Scarborough anyway, because uh, just I, I just I really like the North Yorkshire coastal towns. Uh, so Whitby is very high up there as well, but I think Scarborough just edges it because I also like going to pubs, and it has some very good pubs. So I went to plenty of there because we actually made a bit of a day of it. Um, my fiance and uh, my uh, fiance's dad, um, we had uh, a few drinks there sort of after the game as well. Um, so, yeah, and it's uh, the, the actual ground itself, because I didn't really, I never really know what to expect because uh, obviously around that level, you know, it, it depends how much money that the, the club has. So obviously um, the resources can be quite limited. So I'm kind of used to going into like, you know, press areas where you're not even like guaranteed a, a plug socket <laughs> or something like that. But um, yeah, I was quite surprised with uh, Scarborough when, uh, you know, actually went in and it was like a, uh, you, you when you go in through the the entrance, it was like a really swanky bar that you had, and um, and then when uh, at the press bit, it was really really nice because um, at half time, I think I was sat next to well, one of Scarborough's main media guys, and uh, his partner uh, sorted out like the catering, so uh, we ended up getting like a like basically a hamper during uh, lunch when it was half time so I ended up it was really cold I think it was in January and uh, so it was very very cold I ended up having like some, a really nice spread some tomato soup really nice tea it was great so yeah I think that, that's probably the uh, the the swankiest experience I've had at uh, a stadium so uh Yes, Scarborough for me, definitely. It, I think it's one, and I hope you don't mind me bringing this up. I know your partner's father tragically passed away. I believe it was around a year ago. Um, yep, just over recently. a year ago, yep. Um, it must be nice for you as a family to have those sort of memories together as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, it's... Uh, 
Well, because well, it, we did. It didn't happen last December for obvious reasons. But um, yeah, um, since being with my uh, partner, we've always go to Scarborough every um, every year around December time and maybe around uh, the summer as well. Just because it's quite a, a place that means quite a lot to her, um, and because she used to go there as a kid quite a lot with uh, with her parents, and uh, it's actually where me where I uh, proposed to Georgie and. Uh, somehow she said yes um so yeah it's just a place that means a lot um so yeah uh i put whitby as a as a close second that that also has some very nice um like bars and pubs right by the coast and also a really nice proper old-fashioned stadium where you've got you can literally see the sea and you've all like in one direction so past one goals goal net area and then around the other, you've got a really good view of the North Yorkshire Moors. So Whitby's a very close second, but uh, yeah, Scarborough just edges it. Um, a great time to drop one of my favourite Scarborough athletic facts. And it's one, um, you know, take note of this, anybody listening or Matt yourself, it's fantastic for parties, is that one of Scarborough athletics ex-managers had the fantastic name of Rudy Funk. Rudy Funk? Rudy Funk. Look him up. That's a good name. I like it. Oh, um, also, um, I only just thought about this. Um, there's a pub in Scarborough. Oh, Please tell me it's called the Rudy Funk. No, no, it's not, no. But it is a former Scarborough manager. I think you probably know where I'm going with this because he's a oh, former Matlock manager as is, well. It is what it is. Yeah, there, there is a pub in Scarborough. I can't remember the name. It's something sea-based, like the the ship inn or something like that, or the the Mariners. Can't call it that. I'm sure it's a lovely place. <laughs> but um, it, it's really nice pub, uh, like old fashioned, like, sort of like um, uh, kind of a bit rough around the edges. But I, I quite like pubs like that. But it's got. Um, it's got like famous quotes from like people to do with uh, with Scarborough. So um, Brendan Ingle, very famous boxing trainee, trained Prince Nazim Hamed, I think. Uh, I think so, as well as others. He he was from Scarborough, so it has like a few quotes from him. It just has quotes from sports people, like from Scarborough around North Yorkshire. And there is genuinely an area of the pub where it does genuinely say it is what it is, Steve Kittrick. And that really <laughs> made me laugh. <laughs> oh, God bless Steve Kittrick. He, <laughs> you know, what, what an absolute gentleman. It was, I can't remember who we played it. We played somebody and it was just before we played Geisley. And Steve was doing some scouting for Geisley. Of course, he has links there. Has a good friendship. And to see Steve, uh, you know, catch up and just say hello and lovely to see him. And lovely to see he's doing so well as well. He, he looks happy. He looks healthy. and he, he just looks like he's enjoying downtown away from the game. But there's no doubt, I, I, I think we'll see him back in management at some point. I think he's, he's somebody who there's no reason his wealth of knowledge can't help a club out there. Yeah, yeah, it'd be good. Hopefully at um in Batlock's League. I want to uh, want to see him again. It'll be good. You just want to say his quote at him. 
That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, love that quote. I've never been yeah. so attached to something. <laughs> so, two st- another two strong choice there for you, Eastley or Scarborough. Now, save of the seasons. Two goalkeepers, of course. You had Big John, John Stewart. You had Sugar Shane. Who's actually called Sean? I was going to say Shane. I'm thinking of the boxer. Sugar Sean Rowley. A goalkeeper <laughs> who is called so because he makes the sweetest saves. Mm. Now, both of these gentlemen have spent time in goal. But it is my turn first. No, it isn't. It's your turn first. Because I just oh. did easily. All right, okay. Um, if I'm remembering rightly, I'm sure I didn't imagine this, but there'll, there'll be some footage somewhere, has to be. Uh, we'll go back to uh, the first season, 2019-20. Um, John Stewart against, uh, it was at Carlton Town, in, I think the FA Trophy first qualifying round. Uh yeah, what one of those games where there was only about a hundred there, and it was very, very cold. But um, I think Matlock won two 0 But uh, yeah, best bit of the game was um, I'm sure I'm re- remembering this rightly. John Stewart made an amazing uh, tip over the bar from um, a free kick from about sort of like 20, 25 yards. It really looked like he was just heading into the top corner, top right hand corner, and John Stewart. Uh, just somehow managed to dive right over onto the far post and uh, and tipped it over the bar. Like it's one of those where you think it's ha- it has hit the bar, like it's just clipped it. But then uh, when the referee gave it as a corner, you realised he he had actually tipped it over. So uh, yeah, I'll go for that one. That was because I had a great view. So I was I think apart from like Tom Wright and a few other. Like Tony Knowles, like a couple of other board members, I was literally the only other person in the stand. Um, so I had an amazing view because I was literally right behind the net because I was ball boy for about half of that game as well. Uh, so yeah, that was great. Uh, that's probably the best save I've seen from any Matlock keeper. I do remember at the time you waxing lyrical about it um, in our chat. I remember you saying how good of a save it was. So yeah, it doesn't surprise great. me that's your choice. Uh, I think, again, a very good choice. Uh, it's interesting as well you've gone for Big John there, because my choice is a Sean special, and it is one of his saves against Grantham Yes. in the games this season. I believe it was a headed effort. Sean, pretty much, you think, is he rooted in the middle of his goal? No, no, no. Sean dives. Uh, with a hand pushes it past the post to the disbelief of the Grantham fans and the Grantham players. A save that kept a sheet clean and a save that was just as important as the goal in that game. 
Yeah, that, that, that was definitely the best save for the season just gone. Yeah, definitely. It was very good. So, again, we're, we're not making this easy for you, ladies and gents. We're, we refuse to make it. So, we'll, um, you know, if, if anyone's memories, if obviously there were limited amounts of people who could go. So, uh, and obviously, some people might not have felt safe traveling. So, if you missed any of these moments, I'm sure uh, evidence can be provided via social media to uh, jog your memory. A lot of these clips from things we've mentioned today are out in the wild, whether it be on YouTube, whether it be on Twitter. So if you need, as Matt says, you need your memory jogging, you got a bit of time to spend on the internet, we're here to help. We've got some choices for you to look up. Now, we have to wrap things up when it comes to awards now. We have to head to maybe the most prestigious Golden Vents Post Award. Um, you know, they say when it comes to the Oscars, they say you want to win Best Actor, you want to win Best Actress. You know, when it comes to the BAFTA, similar. When it comes to the Brit Awards, you want to win Album of the Year. When you come to the golden fence posts when you you know you want to be able to sit and you want to be able to tell your grandkids you won the moment of the seasons at the golden fence posts now there's some great contenders there do you go for the return of ross hannah the club legend returning one that came out of left field, one that people didn't see coming, one that sent shockwaves around the non-league system. Would you go for the game against Colville? Three-three. A game that was won on penalties, a game that seemed like there was no way that the Gladiators would be able to make it through to the next round. Or do you go for my choice? And my choice is Matlock Town versus Hyde United. A game that was the Gladiators' first game back following the tragic passing of Jordan Sinnott. A game that was filled with emotion. A game that... I saw grown men cry. I, I cried. Uh, there, were, there was a beautiful moment, um, a fantastic tribute by both teams pre-kickoff. During the game, Hyde took the lead. Um, Matlock up against it. Then a certain man who has a foot known as a cruise missile Popped up, Peter Cruz scrambled the ball home. All the players run over to the dugout, pick up a, a Matlock towel, sit at 25 shirt, and raise it high in celebration. I refuse to believe during that moment there was a dry eye in the hole of the Proctor Car Stadium. I, I do not think you will find a more beautiful and touching moment than that. So, and 
I'm going to be very interested in what your choice is to try and match that because <laughs> it is it is just something that will forever stick with me as long as I live. And for those who don't know, I have a, a 25 shirt tattoo on my wrist. That was something Jordan's passing particularly stuck with me. Um, he's somebody I, I got to know a little bit, not as much as I would have liked, but he was somebody who would always take time to speak to other people. And he was somebody who had so much more to offer than what we saw. And it was just a brilliant way to remember one of the lads, one of the family. And it's uh, it's got to be a strong contender for the moment of the season. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I think I'm uh, definitely just going to say uh, I've got no... Uh... Yeah, I'm, I'm choosing the same thing for that. And uh, I'm pretty sure that award uh, is automatically uh, that wins it because, uh, yeah, that's there is no other moment that matches that uh, when uh, when Peter Cruz um, scored. I mean, everyone was willing, you know, even if Matlock lost, everyone was just willing for Matlock to at least score in that game so that, it could be, um, you know, a, a celebration in honour of uh, of Jordan. But just because of the kind of like how the game went, obviously it weren't, really wasn't the most important thing at all. But the fact that Matlock fell behind quite early on, I think after about maybe 10, 15 minutes, it just kind of like you just was desperate, like you were desperate for Matlock because obviously they were in bad form as well, just not to get, you know, thrashed or anything, Not not on that day. Um, so everyone was uh, desperate for Matlock to just at least get back into the game. And yeah, just uh, when when it happened and Cruz scrambled the ball home, it was just just a great moment. Just, you know, every, everyone was going a bit mad inside the ground. And uh, yeah, it was just really, uh, really moving with... Uh, the celebration that uh, that happened, you could just tell everyone was uh, so happy that um, they were able to score a goal to mark the occasion. Uh, I will never forgive that referee for not giving that blatant penalty right at the end. So, because it would have been absolutely amazing and perfect if Matlock would have ended up coming from behind to have won right at the end. And uh, so, but well. Uh, We'll skip over that, but yeah, I'll, ne I'll never forgive the referee for that because it was such a blatant penalty. But anyway, um, yeah, that that was yeah easily the moment of the season, and uh, just when we're all back at the the clubhouse after the game at the um, shorts lounge, it was just you know it was uh, the best example of um, you know football bringing the community together. But very much so. I don't think I've ever felt so much pride in being a part of that community and being a Matlock Town fan. And just, just the way the whole club carried itself, you know, everybody that day went out of their way of their own volition to play a part in, in memory of Jordan, to make Jordan's family comfortable as possible in what is an impossibly tragic circumstance it, it's something I you know 
that level of grief is just something that you can't even put it into words because it, it just doesn't bear thinking about. So to see the club, hopefully, and I, I sincerely hope, do Jordan Brown that day. And he's, it's something that will forever stick with the both of us, I'm sure. And it's it, it's a name we'll never forget. And I, I think there's something poignant and I think there's something quite beautiful in every everything that's happened, every tragic outcome of that, of Jordan's passing and how, what happened, to, to be able to look back and go, you know, Jordan's in it, Matlock Town player, and be proud of him, be proud of his family, be proud of our community and... We will continue, of course, to always have that bond with Jordan's family, to have that bond with the Jordan Sinnott Foundation as well. I mean, they're doing fantastic work. You only have to look at their social media. They've done so much for people. Yeah. All walks of life, people who have suffered homelessness, people who would have gone without, you know, the, the amount of work that's gone into preserving Jordan's memory through acts of kindness is stunning. And it's something that I think we will forever be amazed by the strength of the Sinnott family as a whole. Yeah. Quick, uh, quick shout out to uh, Matt Crooks, the uh, Rotherham United player, because he's sort of the the person that kind of um, does, does a lot of the work in terms of what, what the trust is, uh, is is doing and uh, what what kind of work it's doing and uh, and yeah because uh, I interviewed him uh, about December no yeah early January early January and uh, yeah the work that goes into it is is fantastic so uh, yeah Rotherham's Matt Crooks deserves um, a hell of a lot of praise for that. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. That was the first ever Golden Fence Post Awards. Hopefully, we will have for the awards that Neve voted for, those selections will be up on Twitter. They'll probably run as 24-hour polls, so get your votes in. Hopefully, by the next time we do this podcast in a fortnight... We will be able to look back, see what you've chosen from our choices. If you have any choices of your own, of course, drop them in the comments, drop them on social media, send them to myself at the Matlock fan, send them to Matthew Rhodes at... At my, at my one, Matlock Rhodes. There you go. You got there in the end, God bless you. <laughs> um, yeah. Conversation, talk. Let's talk football. It's always good. Now, the Golden Fence posts are not the only thing happening on this podcast. We must go now to the first ever, and it's the script's favourite segment of this podcast. It is the Hall of Fame. Now, myself and Mr Rhodes met beforehand to dis- um, socially distanced over social virtually media. Met. Yeah. We virtually met, yeah. 
I suppose that would have been an easy way of putting it <laughs> to discuss three nominees, the inaugural class of the Hall of Fame. These three gentlemen sum up to us what Matlock Town is, what Matlock Town's values are. These three men have all made um, contributions to the club, some on the pitch, some off the pitch. And they are three names that I feel will go down in the annals of time and in the history of club. Now, we'll start off with our first one and... It's it's pretty much a no-brainer. You probably already guessed it, and I feel we, we have just spoke about it at length. Our first inductee is Jordan Sinnott. Um, we, we have spoken about Jordan. He's somebody who will forever be part of what we do as a club at Matlock Town. Um, he will ever, forever, his shirt will forever be in the club's changing rooms. Wherever we go, whatever we do, he is always with us. And it was an absolute pleasure in the short time, sadly, that we had with Jordan to get to know him, to call him a Matlock Town player, to have him as part of the group. And I, I think... A very much deserving member of the 2021 Keep Off Offence Hall of Fame. Matt, anything to add? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've spoken about it at length for already. So just, uh, yeah, has to has to go down as uh, as the first first person uh, to go into uh, the Hall of Fame. Um, yeah, no brainer for me. Definitely has to be in there. Um, yeah, just uh, can't really think of much more to say. He's just, um, yeah, always be uh, uh, a proud member of that. So, there you have it, our second inductee now. A man who is perhaps the most famous and most well-known person to ever take on that Malatown managerial role. A man who took a side that had struggled, had not really put a marker down for what it was capable of. Not only did he turn that side into a side that played attractive football, not only did he get that side to Wembley, he won as a manager the final at Wembley. He lifted a trophy under the arch. And that man, and we tragically lost him this year, is Peter Swan. Somebody who, I know Matt's done a fantastic article about the trophy season, winning the trophy and everything that came with it. Peter Swan will forever be linked to Matlock Town through his achievements, through the memories he's given so many people in our community and he is somebody who I feel put Matlock Town on the map and for that as a fan we can only ever be grateful yeah I never never met Peter unfortunately but uh, 
uh, through uh, the FA Trophy article, I did uh, spoke to a few of the players that played in that FA Trophy winning team. And yeah, it was just clear how much um, they regarded him as a, as a friend, not just as a, as a boss to them. So um, yeah, very, very sad when uh, he came out earlier this year that he'd, uh, that he'd passed away. But um, yeah, not, not just Matlock that he was um, will be fondly remembered by. Uh, obviously played for Chef Wednesday for a long, long time. And played for England as well. Um, had a real chance of being, I'm pretty sure I read rightly, had a, a real chance of being in the 1966 squad. Uh, but uh, he was also in the provisional 1962 World Cup squad, but uh, because of because of illness, I don't think he actually played. So if it weren't for that, he would have actually played in the uh, in the 62 World Cup in Chile, I think it was. So, um, so yeah, really, really sad, but obviously has to has to go down in Matlock's Hall of Fame for sure. So we have two inductees so far, both big names in the pantheon when it comes to Matlock Town's history. The third man, however, he's not somebody who did his business on the pitch. He's somebody who to this day does his business off the pitch. But that man is still the commercial manager of Matlock Town. He, as of uh, 2020, stepped down as chairman. And that man is Tom Wright. Tom is somebody who, when I got involved with the club, despite the fact, and I'm sure he'll, he'll agree with this, Having to put it with me is quite an annoying task at the best of times. I, I can be quite full on with things, but Tom is somebody who, and I know he did this for countless others, was always there to go to for advice when it came to doing stuff for the football club. He was somebody who was always open about teaching how things worked and why things worked in the manner they did. And he was always somebody who supported any sort of forward movement we wanted to make as a club, whether it be with the, the technology coming on board, he was always somebody who went out of his way to try and understand Twitter, try and understand Facebook. Things that obviously he hasn't grown up with, but he's somebody who understood the need for these things. And just on top of that, from a, a non-personal standpoint, he has put hours and hours and hours into it. I don't think people realise how hard the board members work. They, I mean, I've known several board members get there at eight o'clock on a weekday and not leave till eight o'clock at night. They don't take any money for it. They, don't, they do it because they love the club. And Tom's somebody who, even though he's no longer chairman, he continues to put lots of hours in to the commercial side of it. It's somebody who, where his little black book of sponsors, he's somebody that has brought so many sponsors into the fold. Things like golf day, things like the events we have down at the social club wouldn't exist without those first links being formed through Tom. And that's why I feel he is a deserving member of this Hall of Fame class. Yep, absolutely. Um, very good servant for the club for a long time and still continues uh, to serve the club. 
Um, so yeah, really nice, polite person to speak to. Always uh, got on well with him since I first met him. And uh, yeah, just personally, he's been really supportive of uh, what I wanted to do for uh, my career as well. So uh, he's always been um, really kind and supportive of me as well. But yeah, so, like you say, served the club really well for a long, long time now. And uh, the work that he does can't be um, undervalued. It's uh, it's really, really significant in terms of uh, what he does for the club and how much he uh, he cares for it. So, yeah, definitely get him in that Hall of Fame in the uh, the first, what are we calling this, the, the, the yeah, class of 2021. Class. Yes. The class of 2021. So there you have it, folks. There's your Hall of Fame class of 2021. Uh, just to recap very briefly, Jordan Sinnott, Peter Swan and Tom Wright, three deserving gentlemen who will forever have ties to Matt Walter and we congratulate them and we congratulate and thank them for their work and we hope to still be doing this podcast next year I'm sure we will unless Matt leaves or I leave I'm not going anywhere though I don't have plans to and hopefully we'll add to this pantheon that is the Hall of Fame next year Mm, yeah. Now we're going to wrap up because we've been talking for quite a while. We're, ne- we're nearing an hour and a half. So, but I have to, we're going to run through some things that are just something's going on at the club. So, first of all, the golf day, if you're wanting to get involved with that, there is a few tea times still available. However, that there is not many left. I know the club has had to request extra tea time. The golf day is something that is extremely popular. So if you want to get involved with that, I'd advise going to the club website, www.mattlocktownfc.co.uk. As soon as possible, get your time booked in, get your team booked in. We hope the weather's kind. It promises to be a fantastic day. Secondly... Nick Johnson of Sky Sports will be taking the interviewer position to talk to Paul Phillips, Matlock's first team manager, in an online Q&A, which will also have an interactive quiz. I've heard there's rumours as well for said quiz, maybe prizes on offer. Now, you can get involved with this. There is... I believe a limit of 100 places. So it's five pounds available to purchase through the club shop website. Get involved with that. It promises to be a fantastic evening. You, uh, you have the opportunity to ask a question to Paul. If you don't want to ask a question uh, because you're not comfortable on camera, which some people aren't, which we totally respect, you can submit your question to Nick and Nick will ask on your behalf. That promises to be a fun evening. So get your tickets, get sorted, and hopefully we'll see some of you there. I presume me and Matt will be in attendance. I'm not sure yet. It depends if I can get him away from his computer. Depends on my daughter. <laughs> but she can come along as well. She's she's more than welcome. <laughs> She'll be too disruptive. Trust me. Well, well. <laughs> 
can't be any more disruptive than I am, so <laughs> be all right. Uh, elsewhere at Matlock Town, of course, we have the upcoming day of the season starting. So mark that on your calendar, August 14th. Our club shop is still selling all your Gladiators gear, Gladiators goodies. The summer is coming. The days are longer. The days are warmer. I'd recommend picking up a, a few T-shirts for the wardrobe. You know, some comfy jogging bottoms for those days out. We have a Matlock Town cap. Oh, we don't just have one Matlock Town cap, my friend. We have plethora of Matlock Town caps. Different styles. So if, like me, you want to keep from getting your head sunburnt, or like me, you don't want to look like a cherry tomato when it's a bit warm, then whack a Matlock Town branded cap on your head and you'll be happier than Larry. I can promise you that www.matlocktownfc.co.uk forward slash club shop. Go check it out. Some great deals, great offers. If you are going to that golf day as well, they have we have some golf merchandise, Matlock Town branded golf merchandise. One of the final things as well, we now have a date for the Matlock Town cricket game. Is that something you're looking forward to, Matt? Yeah, 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 definitely, yeah. I've not been to uh, a cricket game since uh, Derbyshire against Yorkshire at Queen's Park in Chesterfield. Ooh, probably about three years ago now, maybe two and a half, three years ago. So, uh, yeah, been a while since been to a cricket game. I'm sure the, the quality of this game will be higher, undoubtedly, than uh, Derbyshire against Yorkshire. So uh, I'm expecting a good game. Well. Uh- I promised I'll look after the sandwiches that day. So, I'll be apologies uh, if the I'll be four umpire. Well, speaking of umpires, the game itself will take place on Sunday, the twenty seventh of June, twenty twenty one. It is the Matlock Town Cricket Club versus Matlock Town FC. The game will take place on the cricket field. It's forty overs per team. The umpires there will be a a selection from both sides. I don't believe Matlock Cricket have named theirs as of yet, but stepping forward for Matlock Town will be the chairman of the board himself, Mr. Bryn Appley. So, if you've ever wanted to see a Matlock Town player try and get someone out for a duck, now's your chance. I'm sure there'll be more details about this event coming in the non-too-distant future. So could be, could be some very uh, could be some very interesting LBW decisions here. Oh, I'm going to pretend I know what that is. Oh. <laughs> um, I'm I'm not. Um, I know very little about cricket. Um, so I might have to give the if we do updates that day, I might have to rely on young Matt here. To, I'll, I'll- I'll give you a quick guide. I'm sure me and Philo will give you a quick guide on the rules. I never know what you two are going to tell me. <laughs> could, could tell me anything. You could say, oh, he's, he's gone out for a turkey, and I'd have been like, oh, has he? Right, nice one. Oh, ball goes I'll over go, the I'll go through the terminology, don't worry. Ball goes out over boundaries. Is that 10 points? I don't know. But it <laughs> promises to be a great day in the sun. 
And if nothing else, a chance for us, if all lockdown relictions, uh, lockdown restrictions are lifted, then it's a chance for us to all get together, maybe partake in the drinking of a few alcoholic slash non-alcoholic beverages. So, you know, maybe mark that on your calendar as well. Something to look forward to. So, we've been talking for an hour and a half. We were back in two weeks' time with episode number six. We will have a special guest with us. So special that we don't even know who it is yet. And that's how special <laughs> this guest is. So, Matt, is there anything you wish to plug for this coming week? Don't think so. Nothing new to plug. Uh, don't think. Uh, oh, if, you, if you're in your, into your Olympic sports... Uh, we have confirmed Derbyshire representation in the Olympics, so it is definite that there will be some Derbyshire Olympic athletes, so that's good. And I'll be interviewing, well, she's not strictly from Derbyshire, but she's part. she trains with the Derbyshire Institute of Sport, so she qualifies as Derbyshire, in my opinion. So uh, Jess Piazeki, Um She's going to be in the women's marathon. That is for sure, if the Olympics goes ahead, obviously. Uh, but yeah, she's qualified, so I'll be interviewing her soon. So keep an eye out on that for Derbyshire Media Company. And I'm hoping uh, I need to get in, find a way of how to get in touch with him because uh, I can't DM him over Twitter. But um, what's his name? Ben Connor uh, is, will be in the men's marathon. He's from Derby. So, um, yeah, so get, get ready for some more Derbyshire coverage for uh, the Olympic sports for Derbyshire Media Company. Is that why you can't find him on Twitter because you can't remember his name? Is that why you can't DM him? Uh, no, it's, I couldn't remember at first. His name is Ben Connor, but, uh, yeah, he's from Derby. Well, I followed him, but it still doesn't have the option to DM him. So oh. I, need, I need to find out how to... Uh, I'll have to get in touch with Derbyshire Institute of Sport, I think, to uh, to try and get in touch with. Matt, if I want to follow you on the crazy world that is Twitter, how Don't. can I do so? Oh, um, okay. <laughs> um, at Matlock Roads. So Matlock with, spelt with two Ts. Uh, so yeah, Matlock Roads, that is what you want. If you want... Um, a lot of whining about stuff to do with politics. I'd, I'd probably not follow me, to be honest. But uh, if you really want to and you actually want, you know, uh, some coverage on Matlock and football in general and uh, Olympics, go for it. No, to sell. If you to sell Matt for him, because Matt does not seem to want to sell himself. <laughs> um, if you want to follow me, you can follow me at the Matlock fan. If you want to follow the club, and that's the most important one, that is the one you should be following, at Matlock underscore town FC. If you can find us on Facebook, you can find us on Instagram. We have a link tree now. So if you click our link tree, you will be provided with all the links to the Twitter, to the Instagram, to the Facebook, to the club shop, to the website. All there. All you have to do is one click. Bosh, you are where you want to be. So that's good. So give us a follow on all the socials. Keep up to date with what's going on. Um, 
give us a, a rating on Spotify. Give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. Give us a rating on Amazon Music. If you listen to this and enjoyed it, if you didn't listen to this and you didn't enjoy it, then I'm sorry. We'll try and do better in the next one. But that is as done for today. Matt has to go and be a dad for a bit. <laughs> He's on dad duty. I have to go and do the weekly shop. Otherwise, I'll not be having any tea. So... All that remains to be said is thank you, Matthew Rhodes, for your time. Pleasure. See you again in uh, two weeks. See if any hot news coverage comes in over the next two weeks. He's, he's now made it sound like we don't speak between podcasts, so <laughs> we're, we just ignore each other until the next podcast. Um, Ignores all messages until podcasts. Well, it, it won't be the first person who ignores all the messages, let me tell you. Right. Take care, everybody. Have a good week and we shall see you in two weeks time. Thank you. Adios.